Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, internationally recognized branding consultant and best-selling author of the books, Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. By having a relentless mentality, I've pushed boundaries and gotten into rooms with pro athletes and power players, built a successful business, and moved the ball in male-dominated industries. Now, I'm using my same of the ball methodology to help thousands of people dominate their game when it comes to their brands and creating opportunities. This podcast is all about uncovering strategies of the world's best athletes and business leaders to help you get to that next level. Join me in conversations that will elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hello, and thanks for joining me today. As always, I'm glad that you're here. Real quickly, if you haven't already done so, be sure that you follow the podcast and also share the show with some friends, family, colleagues, and coworkers too. Today, I'm excited to share with you my chat with Deontay Smith, who is currently an offensive tackle with the Cincinnati Bengals. Deontay played college football at East Carolina University at ECU, and he was drafted by the Bengals in the fourth round of the 2021 NFL Draft as the 139th overall pick. On today's show, Deontay and I discuss his journey from college football to being a professional athlete, the Bengals' amazing runs in the 2021 and 22 seasons, and we also chat about the Week 17 game. It was a Monday night football game when the Buffalo Bills came to Cincinnati to play, and it was a game that we will always remember. Now, one more thing. You all know that I wear so many hats. I'm an attorney, a real estate broker, obviously an author and a speaker and podcast host, but as someone who also works with NFL athletes and corporate professionals on their brands and strategically positioned those brands, there is something that I asked Deontay towards the end of the show that I was really excited about because Deontay answered it in a different way than other players I've asked this question to on the show before, and I love the answer. Deontay is definitely thinking the right way. So what is it that I'm talking about? Nah, not going to tell you right now. You got to stick around to the end to find out. Sorry. You ready though? Have a listen. Deontay, it is so great to have you here inside the huddle with us today. The first question that I have for you is, are you ready to move the ball? I am ready to move the ball. That's good. That's good. It's always important to be ready so you don't have to get ready, right? That's how the saying goes. So what I want to do is my listeners know that I became a student of the game when I was four years old. And I've taken away so many lessons from the sport that I've learned to apply in my own life to be successful. I write about some of those lessons in my Move the Ball book, which is what kicked off this whole Move the Ball movement. When you look at everything you've learned from the sport of football, what are some of the things outside of the hard work and the discipline? Because those things are kind of given. What are some other things that you've learned from football that have helped you to be successful and where you're at today? i say like a big thing is teamwork, learning to work with others and being able to understand different personalities and how people may work. And that's a big thing that we learn as a football players because we spend so much time with our teammates, especially as an offensive lineman. You know, we have to work together as a group. So I feel like that's the biggest thing to learn is how to be in a team. As you know, in football, I mean, you've got so many different people, different personalities, backgrounds. It's a diverse group coming together for a common goal, right? Which is to move the ball and win games on game day. So let's run things way, way back. So you grew up in Augusta, Georgia area, went to Grovestown High School. How did you get into football? Tell us about when was the first time you picked up a ball? 
I remember being around four years old. My mom put me in a flag football program. I remember just being very young, and she used to watch the Falcons all the time, and I just remember Algie Pumpler. And, and then from there, I just kind of sparked that interest, in, and, I, and it just kind of ran, ran with it from there. And what about the sport of football? Like, what did you love about the game? I say what I love most about the game is just to compete. And I don't know. I just love being competitive. And now in high school, you also wrestled and played football. So, I mean, you've been a competitive athlete of many sports. I mean, what has that mentality taught you as you've gone through college and then now into the National Football League? Like, what are some of the things that you've taken away just from that competitive athlete mindset that you think are important for people to be high performers, whether you're on the football field or you're in business or you're just doing something else in life? I just feel like being a competitor naturally in my own nature has caused me to be able to understand how to problem solve and be able to grow as a person, but also understand that, you know, everything isn't going to be perfect and it's okay to lose sometimes, but you got to correct and move on from there. So I just believe that just being a competitor just taught me to understand that, you know, everything you don't win can also play a part in controlling the outcome. Yeah, people always talk about controlling what you can control, too, which is an important piece because so many people lose sight of they just get caught up in the noise and everything that they can't do instead of focusing on the things that they actually can impact and affect. So, Deontay, you ended up committing to Appalachian State, to App State first, and then you ended up decommitting and ultimately went to play at ECU. Tell us about your thought process and why you wanted to go to ECU. So originally just coming out of my junior year, App State was one of my early offers and I just kind of was ready to to go. I felt like it was a good school for me. But once I got to East Carolina, a lot of the teammates there, a lot of the guys, people that I felt like I could be comfortable with, but also like Coach Scotty Montgomery, he's in the NFL now as as a coach. Just having him be my head coach when I first got out there, it felt very comfortable. He was able to kind of say things in a way that I was able to understand. And your freshman year, you ended up having a small injury, ended up redshirting. As you know, there's a lot of things that you learn outside of the football field, being on the sideline, in the weight room, in the film. There's so many other things that help you to be a better player. It's not just doing the reps on the field. What are some of the things that you learned that first year that you think really helped you as you continue to navigate through your college career and ultimately to your success now? For me, just continually to study my rookie year, my freshman year, and continuing to want to progress, but obviously being limited physically. I just wanted to use my mind to try to learn those tasks and different intricacies of the playbook that I wasn't used to coming from high school. And, and I feel like that was the biggest thing that helped me a lot in college. My freshman year when I got hurt, that extra work just helped me out. just prepare my mind to be a little bit better at processing the information now. And you talk about studying the playbook and really being a student of the game is something that people will talk about a lot on the show. And it's the little details and understanding how everything comes together. It's not just about your position, but the people that really excel and have longevity in the league are the ones that are really students of the game and know how it all ties together. So let's talk about your college career a little bit more. So you end up then playing, you're a starter. What are some of the things that you really enjoyed about playing at ECU? What I enjoyed about playing at ECU was I had the opportunity to learn from We were a struggling program at a point in time, but in the mix of all of that turmoil, I was able to play for the three offensive lines. For me, I feel like that was nice because I was able to kind of learn different learning styles, but also see how people perceive the position and how people 
want their players to play. And it's all different with other coaches, but there are some correlation and some things you can maybe tie in. And also with my teammates, it was in a school to where it was not in a big city at all. It was just somewhere I felt like, you know, all of our team was our family. People talk about the brotherhood that you get when you're on a football team. And those relationships extend way beyond football. And they'll last for a long, long time, no matter where it is that you go in life. When you look at your time playing at ECU, what are some of your most memorable games? I know a game that was right before I got hurt my freshman year. That was a very good memory. We beat NC State in Greenville. So that was a very good memory. I had some other good memories. Just memories as far as, like, you know what I mean, just being a competitor and just wanting to go out there and win a couple more games or just wanting to knock this team off. We had some very good games sometimes, but, you know, I just had a great time as a whole. Now, during your college career, you had started 33 games. You were actually on a great starting streak your last year, but then you had an injury that was season-ending, and then you decided it was against UCF, I believe. Then you ended up deciding that you were going to just prepare for after the recovery for the draft. What was that like having that season ending injury from a mental standpoint? Just COVID was a different year for everybody. So from that aspect, it wasn't something that I was expecting to happen that year, but I was just so blessed. I just prayed to God and I just asked for a discernment and just for him to help me walk through my steps with me. And I ended up getting myself back healthy and ended up getting a senior bowl and everything ended up working out. But that year, it just was a weird year. COVID was different with the training and everything, and it was just a very awkward year, but I had to definitely talk to God a lot and meditate and just try to keep my mind as mentally at ease as I could because it was a very hard time. Yeah, so let's talk about the COVID year for a little bit. I mean, as you know, football teaches us the need to adjust and adapt as the situation requires that, and COVID was a situation that required the entire world to do things differently. It shut down for a while and then people were trying to figure it out and obviously not get more people sick. It was just a crazy, crazy time. And so walk us through when COVID first hit, what was that like for you and the football program? Our program was a little different. We were already kind of on spring break the week that the United States kind of went on lockdown. So we kind of just rolled straight into lockdown. Nobody was already at school. Our school had to make some changes or whatever just to find budgeting so we could have like a fund for certain things because funds were running low in all kinds of areas. So I know our school was in a, a weird place at a time. I ended up starting working at a place called uh, Chapter Supply <laughs> because we weren't getting our checks as, as well as we were before and uh, we just had to wait and see what was going to happen. I say around late June is when they started allowing us to train again as a team. It would be like six, seven guys in the weight room at a time and you will be different stations so you can be like a safe distance from each other, also not like spreading the disease or whatever. You know, it was a very big adjustment as far as like in terms of transportation for like games and stuff like that. Even though I didn't play with the guys, but the one game I still traveled and was like a captain for our team. So we had different regulations. We had to travel for transportation and everything. Yeah, it was very crazy time for everybody. So let's fast forward. Okay, so you're done playing college. You've hung up those cleats, and now it's time to get ready for the NFL draft. You were invited to the Senior Bowl, had a great performance out there. What was that experience like, and what did you appreciate the most about being out there for Senior Bowl week? Man, it was a great experience. Just a chance to be around some of the top teams in the country and have a chance to see where where I was on the competitive scale and go out there and really just compete. and. 
put myself on that national stage of guys who are already there and show my things and what I can showcase also with my abilities. It was also fun, Jim Nagy. I appreciate him also. They fed us the town. We were very welcoming to us. I don't know if this is a great event for me. Kind of like open my eyes as to kind of what I'm getting ready to go into. And it's very exciting. Do you feel that ECU prepared you for senior week or were you kind of going into it a little bit blind? What were your thoughts there? I was definitely prepared with the different offensive line coaches. I was able to understand and apply and I understood what was going to happen as far as the football. I just wanted to understand if it was who I would have to talk to and just in terms of speaking to teams and stuff like that, I know for me that was a big thing for me. It was, it was able to get my face out there and get my face in front of people. How's your mental state? So you had this season-ending injury. You're rehabbing. You're getting ready for Senior Bowl and then Pro Day as well. And then the draft. Like, how are you feeling? Is it stressful? I mean, this is, as people say, it's a big deal, right? It's life-changing. So what's going through your mind in the months leading up to the draft? Yeah, it's stressful, but as football players, I feel like we kind of already operate under stress. We already operate under deadlines and stuff like that. As far as in my eyes, we see it when the season is coming. You want to be in peak shape when the season is coming. So that's sort of like how it would be if you're training for a combine or if you're training for the senior bowl and the pro days. At the end of the day, you just got to stay prayed up and you got to understand to control what you can control and understand that at the end of the day, if you do what you have to do and you control what you can control, you can live with the result. And then I think that'll help out a lot of people more as far as how you get the over anxious and getting anxiety over the process because, you know what I mean, everyone's going to be anxious and, and worried about something, but you know what I mean, you, you only can control what you can control. Absolutely, completely agree. Something I like to talk about on the show is being able to stay focused in today's world of all these notifications and distractions, that ability to focus and stay locked in it's really a competitive advantage, whether that's in football or anything. What are some of the things that you do to stay locked in as you are preparing for the draft? And also, I mean, even now, as you're getting ready to go back to training camp and then for this next season. For me, I try to like limit certain screen times, social media sites. I, I got to limit the screen time because your views get dated. You see certain things, certain opinions. I just don't like for them to affect my moods try to affect how I'm thinking. I try to keep my thinking as natural as I can for myself, you know what I mean, what I'm really feeling and not following the wave or anything like that. So I just feel like sometimes just taking those screen time breaks and, and just resetting to yourself and just understanding, like, the social media is social media now. It's not complete real life, but it's a little bit more exaggerated than it has been before. So just take it for what it is. That's where I think a lot of people get caught up in what they see on social media and they fail to realize that what they see on social media is what everybody wants them to see. It's not the whole picture. And so you can't let that get in your head. So I think that's great that you take screen breaks and don't really focus on looking at that content all the time. So let's fast forward. You end up getting drafted in the 2021 NFL draft by the Bengals, fourth round. What was it like getting that phone call? I guess, what was it like? The Bengals were out to your pro day. What are you thinking? I know you've been talking to them, but what was it like to actually get the call? Being honest, I kind of was like waiting for the call so long. And then when I finally sat down and just was like, I'm going to get some food to eat for a second. That's when my phone started ringing. It just felt so surreal and so happy. And I just was so relieved. That's what I can say. I just was so relieved. I was like, all right, now it's time to go work. Even though, you know what I mean, getting drafted doesn't necessarily determine whether you're going to work in the NFL or not. That was just something that I wanted to do for myself, and I was happy that I was able to get that done. And 
and I was just happy to go to work. From that point, it just went back to, okay, like you're a football player now. I got my team. <laughs> so that felt good again, too. Let's talk about your transition. So when you leave college football, people talk about how there's no break between being done with college football and getting ready for the draft. Obviously didn't have that last football season, but you're recovering and also preparing and then you're getting ready for the draft and then and pro days before that. But then after your name is called, it is get to work, just like you mentioned. And so how much time did you have between the draft and when you had to report to Cincinnati? Since she gave us a good amount of time, I think maybe like three to four weeks, and we reported in for OTAs and Ricky Minicamp and things of that nature. I think about two to three weeks before we had to show up. And what was the biggest eye-opening thing for you transitioning to being a professional athlete and showing up for OTAs and Rookie Minicamp and all that stuff? Well, I'd say the biggest eye-opening thing was just noticing that not being around a lot of NFL players. My school had a few of them, but not being around a lot of guys that I knew actually played in the NFL and stuff like that, I just kind of wondered, you know, how certain things would go. So I'm just happy I kind of got that clarification from a lot of the vets and just working and looking around and seeing how things went. And were there certain people that kind of took you under their wing and mentored and guided you? Xavier Suofilo was like a big guy. who kind of like me and the bitches that came in with me. And he was somebody who had been through the NFL and understood the ups and downs and, and highs of the business and where to get in and how to create a good mental space for yourself to continue to succeed in this business. I very much appreciate it. Thanks for that. Oh, that's awesome. Now, something that you said shortly after the draft to the media was, you said the Bengals are going to get the best version of me. We get it, but what does that entail? How are you going to bring the best version of you forward? For me, as a, as a football player, we all are constantly working on ourselves and working on our craft. So I just feel like that's somebody who's going to continue to work on their craft and continue to get better. At a progressive rate that's acceptable not something that's taking forever but someone that's actually working and getting better and not staying stagnant and continue to work on their craft and work on their knowledge and intricacies of the game so they can be who they ultimately want to be in the game it's all about that continuous improvement getting that one percent better every day let's fast forward to the 2021 season that was an incredible season for you all It was the 52nd season in the NFL, 54th overall season in Bengals franchise history for those that care about that stuff. Third year under head coach Zach Taylor. You guys had a 10 and 7 record. That record was better than the previous two records combined. So a great season, great time to be a part of that team. You had also said on social media, you got a new quarterback, Joe Burrow, and you had obviously some offensive weapons as well. What was it like being a part of that team? That was one of the greatest teams I've ever been a part of. As far as the energy, that was an unforced team. Nobody had to force a vibe. We all met together very well. And I just appreciate the fact that I was able to be a part of that team. And we went on the run that we went on. And just being able to have that be my rookie year, that was a real blessing. Now, the Bengals ended up making their first playoff appearance and first AFC North title since 2015. It was the Bengals' first Super Bowl appearance since 1988. What, in your mind, were some of the key things that you think made this team so special and worked well together? Coach Taylor and the guys who build the team, they did a great job of finding like personalities and personalities that are going to work together and help each other improve, but also create an atmosphere to where work is the, the main thing. I just felt like that team, that was the best I felt being on a team. It was like, man, like everybody's just one. Nice. And when you look at Joe Burrow as a leader, what are some of the things in your mind that make him a strong leader, as well as Coach Taylor? I say that both of them kind of have similar characteristics of just guys who always carry themselves head high. 
And you just respect them because they go out there, they put in the work. You can see them putting in the work, and you can see them actually working to improve themselves also. So if you got guys like that who are you running the team and, and who is the star of the team, those guys are the people that are going to show the team, hey, this is what we need to do because if the guy who's running the team and the guy who's the star of the team, our star quarterback, are operating in this type of manner, this is the type of manner that we should operate in. People who are great leaders and high performers, they have a standard that they adhere to themselves and they make sure that other people around them also perform at that standard. But the people around them want to perform at that standard because of who those leaders are as well. So you guys went to the Super Bowl. The outcome obviously was not favorable to the Bengals. But what did you learn from that season, from that experience? And what did you take into the 2022 season? I just learned from that season just to enjoy the process and, and really enjoy everything that comes with football. Everything is fought for and hard in the NFL, and there's no wins that are given to you. So just enjoy everything and enjoy the process. I like that. People are always talking about it's not just about the destination. It's about the process, and you have to enjoy the journey. And you reminded me, so we had on the show earlier this season, Matthew Hatchett. Hatch spent a number of years in the league was a wide receiver and he talked about how you have to enjoy running the race more than you enjoy the final destination because it is about the journey. It's not just about getting to that outcome. So 2022 season, you guys started off 0-2. What was that like mentally coming off of a great season and then having those first two losses? Obviously things turned around, but just how was that process for those first two games of the season? Just starting off the season, even after the first two games, we were still trying to find ourselves as a team, work together as a team. We had a few new pieces, and we just had to continue to mess with each other because for football to work, the chemistry has to be there. I feel like that was the biggest part for us at the beginning of the season that we had to work on, was just continuing to understand how each other are going to work in certain situations. Obviously, things gelled, better record to finish the year. And let's talk about Week 17. Obviously, very devastating event that happened with DeMar Hamlin. Football is a dangerous sport. We all know that. That event helped cement in other people's minds that didn't really appreciate how physical and how dangerous it is. What did that event do for you in terms of just kind of your thinking about playing in the NFL as a business and the dangers associated or the risk associated with being a pro athlete. With DeMar's incident, that was something that touched home, very close to home for all of us. And to put it as plain as it is, it's a very serious situation. So I'm happy to see it's doing well. From the perspective of the situation itself, we understand kind of what comes with football. We don't necessarily see things happening like that sometimes, but we all know we come out here to play and do it. That's not the outcome that we want. That's what we pray to God for so we can come home. I think people understand that there's a risk of an injury, but to see something like that happen live is was just a very devastating thing to see. And I have goosebumps just thinking about it and hearing you talk. And I remember earlier this year at the NFL Combine, I was talking with a friend of mine who was a coach for the Bills. And so he was on the field and just hearing him talk about that. I mean, it's just... It is a very intense situation. So let's fast forward. We're in the offseason, getting ready for training camp for another hopefully great season for the Bengals. What most excites you about the upcoming season? It's my third year coming up. I'm more knowledgeable. I feel better within myself and more comfortable within my body. And I'm just excited about taking those next steps. I'm excited about 
being a part of the team again and understanding each year has been different. So, like, I was expecting kind of, like, similar things from my first year last year. It was different. So I'm kind of excited to see how the journey is going to go this year. It's going to be a big year. And we talked about that getting 1% better, always focusing on that continual improvement. What are some of the things that you've been working on in the offseason? i say the biggest thing that I've been working on is just becoming more fluid with my body movement. That's something that I personally have been working on 1% each day. But, you know, it's always just something you can also work on something mentally and just understanding, like, what you need to do as a pro to be able to make yourself continually advance and not take any steps back. I love it. So what we're going to do now, Deontay, is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you some fun questions as part of my two-minute drill. We will be right back. Hey, have you moved the ball in your own life today? If you're working toward your dream job, a new personal record, or a bigger salary, you need a plan to consistently make progress. That's why I wrote Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. These books are packed with strategy and easy-to-implement tips on gaining clarity of your goals, developing your own personalized playbook for success, pushing your boundaries of comfortability, and really elevating and dominating. Go to www.dominateandmove.com and enter code DOMINATE2023 for a 20% discount on the bundle. And all books are signed copies as well. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, Deontay, we're back. Are you ready for some fun? Yes, I'm ready. All right, the first question is, what three words would you use to describe yourself? Calm, courageous, and strong. Great three words. Next question is, what is one thing that most people don't know about you? I got my degree in economics and my minor in business administration. Nice. Congratulations. Good job. Next question is, would you rather be the world champion of your sport or the CEO of a billion-dollar company, and why? I feel like I'd rather be the world champion because, you know, it's not too long I get the chance to be able to fight for those, and I can be a billion-dollar CEO one of these days. What book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? A podcast I just got done listening to is the Porterway Podcast. It just came out. It's a boxing podcast. I like boxing. They were just commenting on some of the fights that are coming up, some of the fights that have just passed. Okay, I'm going to have to check that out. Fun fact that most people don't know about me is I used to watch boxing a lot with my dad when I was a kid. So I might check that podcast out. Yeah, it's a good one. Former boxer, Sean Porter. Okay, I will check it out. Next question is, if you could have any song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? I don't know. That T.I. I'm back, probably. That's good. That's going to turn me up. Okay. What would your next career move be if you were guaranteed to succeed? Venture capital or something like that. Not a bad choice. You have 24 hours and a private plane that will take you anywhere. Where are you going? Somewhere relaxed. All right. A relaxing place. And the bonus question is M&M's, plane or peanut? I like peanut. Okay. That's a good choice. That's my favorite too. So, Deontay, I got a couple questions for you left before we close our show. What is the biggest lesson that you've learned about the difference between being a professional athlete and the business of the NFL versus just playing college football? You have to market yourself and be able to understand yourself as your own market and an area of interest and just understand that you need to conduct yourself as a businessman and protect yourself as a business. Oh, I like that. That's a great answer. So last question, let us know any final thoughts you have and where are you at on social media so people can follow you on your journey. I really love this podcast. I appreciate you for interviewing me. I feel like this was great. Just a deep dive. I was happy you knew a lot of those things about me. We had a great conversation. You can find me at smooth67, S-M-O-O-V-E, 67, on Instagram, and B1G smooth with two O's and a V. 
on Twitter. Great. We will have those links in the show notes for you. Last thing, any shout outs you want to give to teammates or other people that are in your tribe? I give a shout out to my family and friends. You know me, everyone who's helping me support me along this journey. I really appreciate you. I can't say each and every name, but you know, it's a team. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Deontay, for being on the show today. It has been a true pleasure. And thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode. Once again, if you haven't already done so, please make sure you hit that follow button so that you never miss a future episode. And also share the show with some friends, one, two, three, or more. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. All right, everybody, thanks so much for listening. And we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thanks for listening to Move the Ball, everybody. If you were inspired by this episode, can you do me a favor and let me know? Go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And also, share the show with a few friends too. Next, I want you to go to GetInsideTheHuddle.com and join our email list. This will give you priority access to tips and strategies that will help you get more done today. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. You got that? Okay, until next time.